You are listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church, located at 3144 South Holm Avenue in Berwyn, Illinois. We invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9 o'clock a.m. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This Lenten season is a season of reflecting on our own Christian Christianity and our spirituality, of looking at ourselves and repenting and trying to understand our, our role in the world and our faith in Christ. And for this season, we're taking a look at a philosophy that has come from our culture into the Christian church and affected many of the ways that we view ourselves and our relationship with God. This philosophy comes from a book called Soul Searching, The Religious Lives of American Teenagers, and they surveyed thousands of American teenagers to understand what they believe about their religion. And across the board, most of them believed something that the authors called moralistic therapeutic deism. Moralistic in that it's about being a good person, therapeutic in that it, God is there to make you feel good, and deism, that God is far away and not all that involved in human affairs. And they said that there are five basic tenets. The first one is God created the world and watches over it. The second one is God wants us to be good and nice like the world religions teach. The third is God wants us to be happy and feel good about ourselves. The fourth is all good people go to heaven. And the last one is God only needs to be involved in our lives when we have a problem. Tonight we're taking a look at the first belief that God created the world and watches over it. Now the idea behind this belief is a little different than what Christians say when we talk about God creating the world and watching over it. I think the idea behind this is best understood with an example. An example of a movie called Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty was a movie back in 2003 um, with Jim Carrey as the star. He was Bruce. And he was having a terrible string of luck. Uh, his girlfriend broke up with him. He didn't get the promotion he wanted. Things were bad. And at the end of this awful day, he is out in the rain with the stereotypical fist raised towards heaven, shouting at God, saying, why do bad things happen to me? I would do such a better job. And so God comes down, played by Morgan Freeman, because if anybody is going to be God, it's him. And he says, okay, if you think you'll do a better job, go for it. I needed a vacation anyway. So God goes off on vacation and gives Bruce Almighty his almighty power. And of course, Bruce does the things that all of us would do if we were suddenly given God's power. On the way to work, he parts traffic. Actually, a little bit later in the day, he parts a bowl of soup like Moses did. Eventually, he uses his power to get a promotion and to trick the girl and to do all these different things. But after a while, he starts to feel the responsibility as the prayers of the people who are praying to him stack up. So he decides to figure out a way to deal with it. He comes up with an email system so that every prayer that would come to him would show up on an email. He can't keep up. 
And after a while, he gets overwhelmed with all of this, and the, the prayer answering doesn't work, and things are going poorly, until finally he has a realization. His job isn't really to be all that involved in people's lives. In fact, people are just supposed to be nice to each other. And using this mighty power actually undermines everything. God's job is just to look down and let his people figure it out. And that's when Morgan Freeman comes back in, delivers some divine wisdom, and Bruce and God part ways, and Bruce goes off as a better person. The image of God in this story is someone who is up in heaven, far away looking down on his people. God is up there. He's got the long white robe, the billowy beard, the white curly hair, just like you see on the cover of your bulletin. He's probably stepping on a fluffy cloud, and all he does is look down and smile. He's like a benevolent uncle, just happy to see everybody doing their thing. And every once in a while, he might reach down and tweak and do something. But for the most part, he backs out. There's a reason why people like this kind of God. This kind of God gives unconditional love no matter what. He is always looking down on you and saying, good job, I know you can do it. But this isn't the God of the Bible. Because the God of the Bible shows us the reality of who he is with the story of the cross. See, when you look at the cross, the image of the benevolent uncle just doesn't work. When you look at the cross, you see that, yes, there is distance between God and humanity, but it's not the kind of distance that you see in Bruce Almighty. This distance is caused by our own sin. See, the Bible's God is one who knows everything. The psalm talks about that, about a God who is in with his people and knows every action. He knows our words before we speak them. He knows our thoughts. We can't rise up to heaven to get away from him. We can't go down into earth. Even hiding in the darkness can't get away from him. And when we see the cross, we see what happens when sinful people, like you and me, are known by God. That every time we hurt ourselves, every time we hurt other people, every time we do something that just isn't up to the person that God created us to be, we create some distance between us and God. And that distance just grows ever wider, and we could never cross it. And what we see in the cross is the result of that. The very thing that we deserve by our own sin, the torture and death of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is there taking that punishment. Every, every scourge of the whip, every thorn on his head, every nail through his hands was there to show us how bad sin is and to take it for us instead. Because God wants to be with us. 
Not just as a God who is everywhere and all-powerful and almighty, but a God who is there with us in everything. Which is why the one and only Son, the Word of God, left his heavenly throne and became a human being. He was born just like us. He was a teenager, awkward and gawky, just like us. He got a first job. He went to tired. He went to bed really tired. He got hungry. He got sick, sore throats. He laughed with his friends. He told jokes. He cried when family members died. He lived just like one of us. And it's not just all of those normal things. God wanted so much to be with us, to be intimately involved in every aspect of our lives, that he actually took on our guilt, too. Not just our humanity, not just our daily lives, but the guilt that we deserve. And he went there on the cross to take it for us, to take our punishment So that we can have God in our lives and make it a wonderful and holy and amazing thing. And God still wants that today. God still wants to be involved in your life. And he does it in very similar ways to the way he did it with Jesus. He does it by bringing you something. Jesus came down, he was God, and he he came down and became a small person, a regular human being to be in the world, and then he comes down among us in all the ways that you know, in baptism, in communion, in confession and absolution, and through his word. See, Jesus gives himself to you through these things. That you are actually connected to him. He unites himself with you. Because in baptism, you were crucified with Christ, buried with him, and raised from the dead. In communion, you receive his body and blood to be united with him and all Christians in heaven and on earth. In confession, he gives you his sacrifice on the cross to forgive your sins. And with his word, his wisdom comes to you to fill you with faith. Jesus comes to you to be intimately involved in your life and give you himself so that you live forever. And we know that these are the ways that God bridges the gap between us sinful people and him, the holy God, to give us life. But I think many of us Christians, in our secret heart of hearts, We don't really realize that this worldview isn't something we believe. Many of us have a basic understanding of God as the Bruce Almighty God. And we know that because the way we interact with Christians who haven't been in church. Because I know that you, like me, we know lots of people who grew up Christian and haven't been back to worship in years and years and years. And they still call themselves Christians, even though they really aren't interested. And they can say that because they will say things like, well, you know, I pray. Or, 
When I go outside into nature, I feel connected with God. Or any number of things like that. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to say that I have a a connection with God because I can go up to him, this smiling, benevolent, bearded God in heaven, and say, I love you. And that makes the relationship good. And most of us, we nod along with that, don't we? We don't tell them, no, that's not how it works. We say, oh yeah, as long as you have some vague notion that Jesus exists somewhere, you're good to go. But there's a problem with that. When people do that, they're trying to climb their way over the gap between us and God to build a relationship with him. They're saying, my prayers, my feelings, and my turning towards you is what really matters, not how you come to me. Because we know that there are only four ways that God comes down from heaven to connect to your life. It's when you hear his word, when you received him in baptism, when you eat his body and drink his blood in the Lord's Supper, and when you confess your sins and receive absolution. That's how God comes to you. That's how God makes you a Christian, combines you and him together, and gives you his grace. And without these things, all we have is that distant, judgmental God. But with these things, we have a God who comes to us who loves us, who takes away our sin, and it doesn't depend on our behavior or our goodness or anything like that. We have a God who gives us eternal life. This God is very different from the way that Bruce Almighty sees the world, the way that most of America does. Because most of America thinks that God's neutral default position towards humanity is love and care and smiling. But because of our sin, it's not. And that is why God sent his only son to us. To come into our lives by dying on a cross. And then he comes to you through his word and sacrament. To give you that life that he won when he died. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons of Concordia Lutheran Church. For more information about getting involved, please visit concordiaburwin.org. Like us on Facebook at Concordia Lutheran Church and Little Lambs.